This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, my talkers, happy Friday. We are hanging out with Lori, and Brittany is in-house today. Lori, what did you want to get to to start the show off today? Oh, geez. Okay, hi, you guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I'm only on quarantine until Sunday. Yay. Yay. Yay me. That means I have to clean out these two rooms I've been promising Casey for like two years I was going to clean. How are you feeling overall? Fine. Oh, God. fine. Did you go on your little walk yesterday? No. No. That's fine. Too tired for talking. Yeah, I get that. (laughs) I get that. (laughs) So, okay, so um, I wanted to just start off the show today on on a serious note because I, you know, our our project down in Dirty, um, I'm, you know, I've, I've let it be known my angst and discomfort with playing a spectator sport in front of spectators, uh, I called pickleball, you know, so I'm uncomfortable with that. But the other thing that really has my stomach just kind of, you know, tumbling, should we say, is that our charity is Save um, Suicide Awareness. awareness. I, I forget what the acronym is. I'm just too rattled right now. But I mean, and the reason why Julie and I have that charity is because um, I'm in the club, the Suicide Family Club, because I have not one, but two nephews um, take their lives like four years apart. And today is the seven year anniversary. I can't believe it of our beloved Tristan, my, my sister's, um, second oldest son. And he, um, was just 20 years old, you guys. And we didn't know that he was having, you know, mental anguish and depression. We do, have just like it's just such a hole in our in your family's heart it's just the most complicated grief and I got like kind of worried about project down and dirty because I just thought oh I'm gonna have to think and talk and (sighs) it's something like I'll I'll do anything I can to put it in a closet in my mind and not think about it. It makes me so sad. Yeah. Of yeah. course. No, Lori, of course. It's I mean, that's yeah, I just it, it's the most complicated grief. And and I think, you know, someone said to me once that it's really seven seconds of someone being out of their mind. And Tristan was 20 years old. He was in the army, which was his dream since he was six years old. 
and he was depressed about a girl, I think, and he'd been drinking and he had never drank. He never drank in high school, you guys. He was just, he was just a real, he just marched to his own drum and 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 no one knew, you know, that he was having this much pain and he had access to a handgun mm-hmm. and, you know, and he, he shot himself seven years ago today. And I'll never forget, Julia and I were at the airport going to a radio festival with our friend David and um, uh, Tristan's dad called me. And I mean, I just my legs just buckled. I mean, I, I just couldn't believe it. Not again. And Tristan, you know, I was real close. These are the two boys that lived in Duluth. Yeah. I mean, I was just the auntie, as you can imagine, <laughs> I was a great auntie. Of course, of course. And I saved, I saved for some reason. And I have had it tucked in his, you know, memorial pamphlet or whatever you call that when somebody dies because you know he was a son he was a brother he was a grandson he was a cousin a nephew and he he was such a good kid he had friends from like the jocks the dirt bags whatever the cliques are called now but at his funeral like kids came up from every walk of life he's just that he he just really was comfortable uh being a history nut and loving halloween and christmas and he was just a real character and i saved this note that he wrote to me um coming up to his 15th birthday i must have sent him a package he said dooney thank you so much for the walkie talkies and the whole b-day package i don't think we can go skiing as planned we always went skiing because his birthday was in march the snow is melting fast here when will you be coming to see us will casey come with you can you show him this so he knows i said thank you for the five bucks well <laughs> tristan <laughs> oh you know and and he just was and i told my sister i said you know i told both of my sisters i said i'm i'm just having the hives about uh you know being so vulnerable and yeah. talking about this this when it it just it feels it's such a hole in uh, your everyone's heart. It just never, there's never any recovery from it. And I thought, well, maybe one thing I could do is raise awareness with yeah. Julia and maybe, you know, save one person's life uh, and reach out to people who are also in this club. And I mean, it, so it's going to be, I don't like being this vulnerable. I don't like showing my feelings. I am my father's daughter. <laughs> well, you're making me absolutely ball. So there's that. I love that for me. I'm glad that I'm alone in this room. Lori, I know, I know this is going to be a hard time, but there are so many people. I have family members that have, you know, dealt with this and, 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 it's so great, especially you, because you are the shiniest person I've ever met. And to know that you deal with this and like how you deal with this, I I know it's going to be a hard week, but man, it's it's going to mean a lot to a lot of people. It really is. And I think this is, I love that we are celebrating Tristan today. So we will keep Thank Tristan you. in mind. And I love that, does, does, you know, that he wrote 
tell Kate, show Casey this note so he knows I said this. Yeah, I know his mom oh. must have told him to write the note. And, you know, for his birthday, I did go up there. Yeah. And we didn't ski because all the snow was melted. Yeah. You know, Spirit Mountain even. And uh, uh, Tristan and his brother, Dusty, and then the two boys who were basically, you know, brothers from a different mother that yeah. were always with us, Dane and Michael, and then my dad and his wife, we drove to Gooseberry Falls to see the root beer barrel falls. Oh, nice. Because the water was just pouring down. And we just had like such a a fun afternoon. Uh, and the drive up, each of the boys had a theme song that they had to either play drums or air guitar. <laughs> um, everybody had their song. My one, uh, Dusty had Jet, Will You Be My Girl. Yeah. Um, I had like a Prince song. And then Tristan's song was uh, m- The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Oh, that's So he's a very good guitar player in the car. He <laughs> could really shred. Yeah fast and he did the air circles even if it didn't fit oh it's just yeah i just yeah you know you know I, how you have songs you sing in the car oh yeah when you've got teenagers it's just so fun it's so yeah yeah i could i mean oh and his other song was gold digger which, and he knew all the words to gold digger and he'd sing both sides he didn't perform he yeah. just he did the call out he really was good at the jamie fox call out oh that's impressive that is very yeah i think you gave us you gave us so much dimension to tristan i never met tristan but it really is fun to hear about you talk about him so thanks for sharing with that he was just the greatest kid and we all miss him so so much still you know of course all right okay thanks listen when we come back it is our story we can't get enough of Lori and Julia here with Ann Tressler of Tressler Law. We've been getting some questions from our listeners about divorce, Ann. And one listener asked us, what if my child doesn't want to live with me? Well, we have a saying in family law, and that is that when children reach a certain age, and that can kind of vary, there's nothing in our state laws, but as they get to kind of like 13, 14, 15, they can have a voice, but they don't have a choice. Think of it this way. If your child suddenly said, I'm not going to school, you don't let them make that decision. So they'll have some input on what type of schedule there might be, but they're not going to be the final judge on the issue. And what about moving out of state? Moving out of state is not an easy thing. It's really a case-by-case basis. I would encourage someone to talk to an attorney about it. But our laws really encourage, as long as both parents are actively involved, that the parent-child relationship is priority. So moving out of state without the other parent's consent is pretty tough. For a free one-hour divorce consultation, go to TresslerLaw.com or use my talk keyword divorce. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And... um, Okay, well, now we have to move on to the the uh, divorce that has gotten the messiest, the fastest. It's been three weeks. Oh, my God, only can three believe weeks? It. Yes, because Joe Jonas filed for divorce three days after he played the state fair. Dang. And his kids were backstage with the nanny somewhere because apparently... Sophie had been filming in August in the south of France for, I don't know if it's a Joan of Arc. I don't know what the movie's about, but she looked beautiful Mm -hmm. and she was languorously kissing somebody on a seaside villa terrace. Yeah. You know, as part of the her Yeah, of the movie. Yeah, the filming. Yeah. So Joe has had the kids with him and a nanny because he was just doing 
all these state fairs. Well, the Jonas Brothers are on tour like for the next six months. Yeah, and the other so brothers I, have kids with them as well. Right, but obviously school is starting. Sophie is like, I want the kids with me. They're disagreeing about this already, and uh. we'll let GMA, but every morning show covered this because you've got celebrities and you've got two small children and you've got two different countries. I just think of Kelly Rutherford on Gossip Girl. She had the kids with the French guy. Yeah. And she like spent all of the money she had fighting and she ended up losing custody and only sees them on holidays and six weeks in the summer. Brutal. Brutal. So I think, you know, that and the lack of, you know, there's not a lot of promoting stuff, but it they can bring in legal experts. So I think I picked the GMA uh, report on this divorce. What's happening? This morning, a custody battle heating up. Sophie Turner suing estranged husband Joe Jonas. In the court filing, Turner signing an international abduction law between the U.S. and U.K., claiming the wrongful retention of their two kids began just two days ago on September 20th. That's the day Turner says she and the children were supposed to return to England, stating the father has possession of the children's passports. He refuses to return the passports to the mother. You should be on your knees thanking me. We're standing in Winterfell again because of me. Hensa. You didn't win it back. Stop. John didn't win it back. I suffered things you can never imagine. In the court documents, Turner stating that the family entered into a contract for the sale of their Miami property this past April, moving, making England their permanent home. The lawsuit saying the estranged couple agreed the children should travel with Jonas for the summer on his nationwide tour while Turner was filming a miniseries, saying that arrangement was temporary. All we do know is that they're going to have a big uphill battle in terms of determining and convincing courts where the children actually were residents. All this coming just weeks after Jonas shocked the couple's fans when he filed for divorce following four years together, their love story beginning in 2016. <laughs> later eloping in Las Vegas, where music producer Diplo live-streamed for their millions of fans. Turner appearing alongside Priyanka Chopra Jonas and Danielle Jonas in multiple Jonas Brothers music videos. This latest filing suggesting the demise of their marriage happened very suddenly after an argument on August 15th. Then Jonas filing earlier this month in Florida, sighing the marriage between the parties is irretrievably broken. The document stating Turner found out about the divorce through the media. Wow. Jonas's team releasing a statement saying his... All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Wish is that Sophie reconsider her harsh legal position and move forward in a more constructive and private manner. His only concern is the well-being of his children. And there is a big debate about where the family was living when all this happened. In the court documents, Turner lays out all the places the family has lived recently and even said they were under contract to buy a home in England. Guys. Okay, right. that's good, Grant. Dang. And I looked at the court documents of where they lived. Yeah. I, I don't want to be Judge Judy, but to me, nothing sounds more stressful than renting homes and staying in hotels for three, like on and off for their, basically their entire marriage. They had a home in Miami that they'd periodically be at, but they would just rent no, homes no. or stay in hotels. And I thought that seems stressful to pack up your life every few months. Um, yeah, I don't even think if you have people, no, even if you have people, because you still have your favorite things, you still have to like coordinate it. You still, especially with babies, they have their favorite Kids. cups, their favorite pacifiers, their favorite blankies. Like, it's not just like, oh, it's just us two. We just, you know, whatever. Moving kids to go bringing kid, bringing go to daycare can be stressful <laughs> sometimes. Okay. And I think their kids are one and three. three I think and so. I'll, I'll bet you anything that their marriage is irretrievably broken from not having a base home. Um, I don't think my marriage could handle a move no. right now I, I with mean, a one-year-old. Like it would be have to be the situation of a lifetime for us to be like, let's get rid of, you know, we have a nest right now. And having that right. nest with kids is so nice. Having your your routines. I mean, you hold them near and dear. And so I was really, if you get a chance, Brittany, yeah. look at it. You will be blown away that in four years of marriage, they've moved more than a military family. No, that sounds terrible. Uh, yeah, it really it really does. And I think that's why she's doing these paparazzi strolls in New York, because the kids were supposed, the handoff was supposed to be this weekend. Mm-hmm. And she was going back to England with the kids and little whatever the three-year-old is in some, you know, little preschool or whatever. And now they're saying, Oh, this is not what we agreed to. And so apparently according to the legal expert GMA had on where they're living right now can be what the judge decides, well, they need to, so, but they don't really have a home. Yeah. The Miami home got listed like this spring. Dang. It's so not clear it's cut. Really... It's not clear cut on this. Like when you can't say the home they grew up in, because that's usually a big, you know, precedent sent is where do they feel comfortable? Where is their home? Do they know where their home no, is? They're, they're like, uh, you know, this used to be Julia's pet peeve about Angeline and Brad. She yeah. said one of the reasons is they broke up is because Angelina liked to drift around from place to place. And they were kind of country, to country and they'd bring their tour. Yes. Tutors. And Julia's like, no, kids need to be in one spot. But at one and three, I think you're pretty 
flexible. You got some wiggle room. It starts solidifying. Yeah. Honestly, I would think the biggest thing is, like you said, for the parents to wake up every day and have the same routine is really nice. And to have that, like, where know where everything is. Oh, my God. Because they all... Yeah. They need 400 items all the time, always. What's the right swaddle? What's the right this? And I mean, I just, I don't want to have to go which boxes things in or like. Well, I mean, if this was Game of Thrones, she could just send Arya to, you know, lop his head off. Yeah. And I honestly, that actress, her, you know, the lady who played Arya probably still would do that for her. Maisie. Yeah. Maisie's Maisie Maisie Williams. Yeah. She probably still would. So. Remember. She is a badass. She's my favorite character on that whole damn show. Hands I mean, I like several people, but the she girl was... has no name. Yeah, she's so good. Anyway, but Joe is really upset about the legal word "wrongful abduction" that she used in her, you know, suing him. Yeah, they're but not... it was because the day that he was supposed to turn over the girls, he turned them over, but not with their passports. Problematic. Yeah, stay tuned. Hey, everybody, it's uh, Lori here for First Equity Mortgage. David and the team, they are such great advocates for you, potential homeowner or a homeowner who's refinancing or maybe remodeling. But they are a great community partner. They are invested in the Twin Cities and they are so up to date on any possible loans that are out there for people and how would you be expected to i mean the most anyone really knows they might have a vague idea of mortgage rates and 30 year you know but you don't really know and they are helping um so much with uh getting people to achieve the dream of first-time ownership or being able to add an addition or paying off debt so they're just really really great at doing that and to get a hold of them i say go to the website go to my talk keyword david at uh, just go to my tech 1071 or um and just let them help you they'll be able to do it no problemo that's for all right hooray for hollywood it's been seems like forever since we talked to chris hewitt who covers movies as well as books for the star tribune hi chris hi Lori. it has been forever why do you love me anymore we do, but you know what always happens is August is like kind of a dead month for movies, and then the fair starts. True. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you with us now. I've been wanting to hear your opinion of A Haunting in Venice, the Kenneth Branagh film, and and uh, I. so I'm glad you're here to tell us, because there's <laughs> not much in the theaters. No, uh, it's about to to heat up in October, but yeah, September, the beginning of September is always a little bit dead, but this, I think partly because of the strike and no actors being available to promote anything, kind of a whole month of September has turned out to be dead. But, uh, so I'm a little, as you know, a little bit of an Agatha Christie nerd, so my haunting in Venice... Okay, a big fat egg because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so my opinion is probably colored by that. It's uh, based supposedly on one of her final novels, which is called Halloween Party, and which is really nobody's favorite uh, novel of hers. Although I like it more than some people, uh, but it has almost nothing to do with it. It, it is 
the novel set in England, the movie set in Venice, the novel set in the 60s, the movie set in the 40s. All of the characters are different. The mystery is different. So anybody thinking they're getting that Agatha Christie story is probably going to be disappointed. But it is super fun to see Venice, which I've never been to and I don't know if oh. I'm going to get to. So cool to see that on the big screen. Yes. And uh, I, I think Kenneth Branagh has started to get really good as Hercule Poirot, the, the Agatha Christie detective who investigates the case. And Tina Fey is in it. And again, this is a huge change from Agatha Christie's books. She has a character called Ariadne Oliver, who's basically a version of herself, <laughs> kind of okay. a bumbling uh, a detective story writer. And I love Tina it. Fey, yeah, it's a really fun character, actually, in the books. But it's nothing like that in the movie. Tina Fey plays her as kind of a Rosalind Russell, 1940s, wise-cracking, tough-talking dame kind of a character. And she's mm-hmm. super fun. Okay, good. All right, this sounds like a grown-up movie that could be fun to watch. Right? Yeah, I like it. It sounds like not your everyday kind of adventure to go on. It's not. It's it's decent. The mystery they came up with I don't think is that great. But uh, like I said, fun to spend time in Venice, and there are a couple of interesting characters. And that kid from Kenneth Branagh's Belfast movie, the one who basically was playing the young Kenneth Branagh, yes. plays kind of almost a young Hercule Poirot in this, and he's growing up fast. So it's kind of fun to see the changes that have happened in in him in just three or four years. And the kid is super talented. His name is Jude Hill. Okay. All right. Very good. Now, how about this movie? Uh, When this came out, I swear it was you that you wrote, this is the funniest movie of the year, Bottoms. That was me. It might remind people a little bit of that Olivia Wilde movie Booksmart from a few years ago. Yes. It's about two high school girls who are kind of outcasts and probably smarter than everybody else in their school. In this case, they're also both lesbians and they can't get in the action. So (laughs) they decide a way to meet people might be to start an all-female fight club in their school which they do, it. and and it's surprisingly brutal. Like, <laughs> there are way more than bloody noses in the movie. Uh, but also, it's really funny. The, the movie has this kind of wisecracky, uh, macabre. It's it, Actually, now that I say think about it, it's actually more like Heather's than it is like Booksmart, in that some pretty dark stuff begins to happen. But, uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. And as you said, I said, and I stand behind it, it's the funniest movie of the year so far. All right. I like it. I want to see that. Is that still in theaters, or we could probably rent it now? Um, I think you're right that you'll be able to rent it soon, but I think it is still only only in theaters. And by the way, the gosh, I just spaced her name, but the female co-star of The Bear plays one of the two high school students, and she's fantastic in it. Okay. All right. I want to see this. At a beery. All right. How about my big fat Greek wedding? Is it worth it just to go to Greece for the third one in the movie? I think that is the main reason to see it. Uh, (laughs) I guess a little bit like Venice. Hey, we're hanging around the Mediterranean. Come to think of it. Um, But yeah, it's, I I forget which of the Greek islands it's shot on. The one that starts with the Hey, I think. Anyway, uh, it's beautiful. They they go the most of the characters, except for her mom, who has a memory disorder, go back to the old country in order to take her dad's ashes and give his diary 
to some of his friends that he grew up with in, in Greece. And there are misadventures, and it kind of doesn't really hang together as a movie. There are all these little almost skits, and there isn't kind of a plot that actually ever emerges. Happens. But, yeah, but the small town in Greece that they go to is so pretty, and there are these beautiful beaches, including a nude one. Oh, um, good. Yeah. So uh, I think if you're a fan of the franchise, I think it's probably worth catching up with this one. I would say it's probably the least good of the – each of them has really gotten worse than the predecessor. But Nia Vardalos, who directed, has almost nothing to do in it. Really? Yeah. She's too busy putting her – Yeah, maybe. Uh, How about – I don't know this movie, but it sounds scary, Rotting in the Sun. It's not scary, but speaking of nude beaches, it has one too. Yeah. They have a transition. And so, you know, every once in a while, there will be a movie that movie critics will say, oh, there's so much male nudity. And I always read those reviews and I'm like, yeah, straight white male critics just can't hand looking at a, handle looking at a penis. There's nudity. hardly ever male yeah, nudity. Yeah, what Are the heck, Chris? Me? Almost Jeez. never. So I always Almost discount never. it when that reputation starts to attach to a movie. Like, you know, straight white male critics love female frontal nudity, but they just can't right. deal with it from men. Well, this is one of those movies where they said, oh, there's so much male frontal nudity when it was shown at Sundance earlier this year. And I'm here to tell you there is a lot of male female frontal, of male frontal nudity in the movie, more than I've probably ever seen in a movie, in fact. Right on. Uh, Yahoo! school yeah. is it the a good movie place, it is a good movie it's kind of weird um the guy who directed it who's chilean and whose name is sebastian silva plays himself and early on in the movie he dies although in fact the real sebastian silva is still alive but right. a friend of his decides to figure out what happened and he begins to suspect that sebastian silva sebastian silva's maid might have had something to do with his desk and in another meta touch the woman who plays the maid previously appeared in the sebastian silva movie called the maid uh, as the maid so it's kind of a little bit of a alice in wonderland down the rabbit hole kind of a thing almost but it's fun and it has a lot of penises okay very nice <laughs> you don't hear that every day no, you don't. Good to <laughs> know. You know, and uh, Chris, uh, a year ago, we were uh, getting ready to film our movie. We were part of the Twin Cities <gasps> Film Fest, so that has got to be coming up again. It is, October 19th through 28th, and just today, tickets went on sale, and they announced the lineup. And? Well, the one that I'm most intrigued by, well, two that I'm most intrigued by are a movie that was just at the Venice Film Festival called All of Us Strangers. It's yes. by a guy who made a movie 48 Hours with Charlotte Rampling, uh, Rampling a few years ago that was so good, or excuse me, 45 years. And another one, which was filmed partly in downtown St. Paul and also in Independence and Elko New Market, is called Downtown Owl. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, it's based on a Chuck Klosterman novel. He uh, spent some time at the Fargo newspaper, and he set this book in Fargo. Um, but anyway, it was shot here, and it debuted at Tribeca a couple months ago, and it got sort of mixed reviews. But I'm intrigued to see it because we'll see lots of locations we know. Yeah. Cool. And what's the other show, uh, the other movie? I mean, they probably haven't released the whole list of all the films yet, have they? 
Yep. If you go to the website, which is okay. org, you can see all of them. But the one that maybe is the highest profile is the new movie from Alexander Payne, who made Sideways. Mm-hmm. And it's him teaming up again with Paul Giamatti, who plays a oh. crabby headmaster at a boys' school. I've This got rave reviews at the Venice and Toronto Film Fest. Yep, it did. And it's being talked about for Oscars and stuff, yeah. All right. Now, Chris, switching gears from movies to your other life as book editor at the Star Tribune, which I loved your interview with Jess Laurie last week. That was so good. Have you guys talked to her? Yes, we've had her on several times. We've been Jess Laurie fans like for a long time. She's just a heck of a storyteller. And she's so delightful, too. Yes. As I was talking to her, I kept thinking, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that um, I I was just like so happy because I don't really know that I've seen a lot of Q&As in the book section. I liked it. We're trying to do more of those. Yeah. yeah. And she was a perfect one because every A of hers is delightful. Yeah. Well, if you ever need any ideas of anyone locally, Julia and I have the pulse on all of them. Oh, Almost yeah. please all let me know. Um, okay, so Ann Patchett is coming next week. It, what, is this a Talking Volumes? It is, yeah. Speaking of delightful people, I interviewed her in July, and she's coming for Talking Volumes next Thursday. So she'll be at the Fitzgerald, and Carrie Miller will interview her on stage. Cool. And I get to and, introduce her. Oh, you will? Oh, my gosh. Are you nervous? Um, not yet, but I probably will be. Luckily, I only have to speak for like a minute. So okay. I could, you know, probably just do, uh, here's the patch and be okay. Yeah, re- remind people what, like, some of her book titles. So she wrote The Dutch House, which was nominated for the Pulitzer Prize, and Bel Canto, which yes. was probably the first book that kind of brought her to the attention of, of people. And Is that the kidnapping book, one? Yeah, the opera singer. Yeah, okay. In, I can't remember what South American country it was mm-hmm. or Central American. Um, and her new book, the, the reason she's coming, is called Tom Lake. And it's about a woman whose family runs a cherry orchard. And during the pandemic, her three daughters come home essentially to, to uh, shelter together. And okay. she begins telling them stories about a long ago production of our town that she was in in with an actor who subsequently became famous and who one of the daughters thinks is her real dad oh Uh, my god it sounds good it does sound good it it is it has these two tracks that run simultaneously the present one of the mom telling the stories which is really fun and then the past one of this production of our town which has a number of sort of ill-fated fated twists and turns and the book has quite a bit to do with our town which happens to be a play i love so, okay. yeah, I, it had me all over it, and it, I, I, I liked it a lot. All right, Chris, do you think there's still tickets for that, Talking Volumes? You know, last I checked, there were not very okay. many. Uh, all right, there well, might not be a ton. All right, well, Chris, thank you for your time. We got to go. Um, we missed you. We'll have you on soon. That sounds great. Thanks. Okay, sounds good. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, Lori here for Hammernick Flooring Solutions and I'm on their website right now because I did just want to see about taking a picture about I'm redoing two bedrooms and replacing carpeting. So I took the picture 
And now I'm like doing the scrolling through and I can see what it would look like. I could do this, people. <laughs> I mean, that never, that never happens. But Tamernix, they've got four locations. They've just opened in uh, Hudson, Wisconsin. They're also, they opened this summer in Rochester. And then they've got the uh, Superstore in New Hope and off of 169 Bass Lake Road. And of course, the original one across from the Design Center in St. Paul on Ray Street. But they have the largest inventory of flooring and carpeting in the metro area. The best pricing, installation, no problem if you're a DIYer. And you're also supporting a family business that has been in business for over 75 years. That's Hammernix. Um, I think we forgot to do it's Brittany. I think uh, we forgot to play our I think girls, Taylor our... Swift is an interchangeable. Oh, there we go. Here we go. Friday, baby. Okay, so Grant, I watched American Horror Story Delicate. Ooh. What'd you think? Um, I don't know what the hell is going on, but <laughs> There's I'm a little glad yeah. to see Matt Schwartz. I forget how you say his name, but we know him from Gilmore Girls. Yes. He was Rory's last boyfriend, and he was also the resident. He's real cute. Julia. Julia and him flirted one time so hard at a SAG after party. Dang. Same size as her. And... <laughs> Beautiful. I mean, you wouldn't believe how tiny some of these women are. That's true. <laughs> I feel like a giant sometimes in Hollywood. How did <laughs> how did Kim K do? Kim was plain Chris Jenner. No, nice. she was just and good? emulating her mom. her mom, and she's totally believable yep. as this publicist who knows what the hell to do, and it's very tongue in cheek. I thought she was great. That's awesome. Yeah. I got to watch it. Yeah. So I liked seeing Matt. Um, I I never like anything creepy with babies or spiders. Same. Well, then you're gonna you're in for for a ride with this one, right? Then. So <laughs> I don't know. I American Horror Story for me is a show. I've liked half of them and hated half of them. Yeah. And didn't finish them. That's. That's pretty accurate for me too. I mean, the yeah. first season was amazing, and I, I thought, and Coven was Coven the first one or no? I know uh, the house one was the first. The house one, one yes. yeah, that was so good. And there's like, but you know, because I like uh, Matt, and I do like some of the funny, you know, character actors that Ryan Murphy plays. And um, I love Billy Lord. So I'll I'll keep watching it until the spiders <laughs> and the pregnancy gets to be too much. That's going to be. I think that's I'll, the whole theme, right? It, yes. Yeah, I know. It is. I dropped out a hotel. I watched that for I, like six episodes before you I dropped out. You made it far out. than me. I think I watched two or three. And after like that, that guy in the weird suit kept coming out with the aggressive. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm done for a done. while i liked yeah. murder house i liked asylum coven was good freak show was okay there were some slow parts mm -hmm. uh, i Wait, hated that one freak show they had so many of the long songs where i was like okay oh, take it easy yeah. <laughs> uh hotel was terrible terrible um cult we, we've talked about that was uh a bit much apocalypse was <laughs> oh i hated that one too i know we've actually hated yeah. quite a bit yeah we have maybe it's more 64 i know i was gonna say <laughs> oh i'm sorry to realizing i was like 
I can't even say the one, the Roanoke, Roanoke or whatever. Oh, Roanoke. Oh, that was terrible, too. Oh. But we still watched them, We though. still try. I, I, every... I don't think I finished all of these I shows. haven't. I know I start them, like, but I yeah. loved I loved Murder House. And Asylum was really good and spooky. It was spooky. Okay, Grant, now you took my advice and you watched or got a taste oh. of Who is Aaron Carter on Netflix. Yes, that is a very... Like you said, puzzle. Like I, I watched two episodes last night, yeah. and I am thoroughly intrigued with Aaron Carter herself. Yeah, she is yeah. just perfectly cast, and there's right. this mystery behind her that, through two episodes so far, I don't know much about, which is the fun ride of it all. And then there's this part with her daughter and what her visions and oh, that yeah. that that creepy antler thing that I have yet to figure out what's going on there, but. It, in Barcelona. It, and, and Barcelona. Beautiful. Absolutely Barcelona. stunning views. Every set, even the house when they're having the barbecues in the backyard and the views that they have, it's awesome. And yeah. Tony from France reminded me that the architecture I couldn't think of that you see everywhere in Barcelona is Gaudi. Okay. G-A-U-D-I. He, I said he's the mushroom. He, it's the most fantastical uh, architecture there's like a park that's gaudy bill i mean it is la sagrada familia that church which is being built for like over 100 years it's like a fevered mushroom dream mm. when Tony you is out of the metro stop or if you're on a tour bus and you stop there you're like what in the hell am i looking at when you see it in person so barcelona as they say is a very in kind of incredible place and you can drive in either direction and be in amazing beach or mountain nice towns if you will um we do have to acknowledge tony is our free uh french advisor so that's yes good. she is um <laughs> but and, and to be clear so everybody knows it's aaron carter e-r-i-n because who is aaron carter who is aaron carter it's not and what you it's think been- it's about yeah, it's been like the in the top 10 on yeah. Netflix since it dropped. Yeah. And people, you know, there's some people that like, I say don't ever read anything about the show. Just like try an episode. Like Casey and I tried an episode of um, The Swarm, mm-hmm. which is on the CW. It's like this $40 billion German show that was made... Somehow it's ending up on, you know, a Paramount or a Warner Brothers thing, and they're streaming it on the CW, and it's about all these whales going crazy in the world, and it's a sci-fi thing. Oh, and, really? Uh, uh, but they spent $40 billion on it, and it's this is like how weird Hollywood is with who owns what and all this overlap. They just thought, oh, we'll throw it on a CW. If it gets any traction, then we'll put it on Max. Um, because that's confusing because Swarm was that, you know, fake Beyonce show. So when you said Swarm, I was like, wait a minute. I think it's called The Swarm. Okay. And it's on the CW. So I tried it, but you know, I, I kind of like, um, you know, I kind of like anything that's on the CW. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We know, Lori. We know. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. Yeah, but it is a it is a German made show that is forty billion dollars was spent on eight episodes. And so it's good. I'm so go for I'm it. I want you to get. All right, do it. Do it.
you later. <laughs> Around the corner. <laughs> I'll see you in a second. <laughs>